Welcome back to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Surprise Gautam. Hello, hello. This is a podcast where we talk about all the latest, greatest Japanese manga releases. Welcome. It is a manga book club, and thank you for being here. Uh, this this week, we are going to be talking about, of course, the One Piece live action trailer, because so is every other animangi, anime, animanga, how do you, anime and manga creator. I'll say it like that. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> weekly manga, we're going to talk about Dame Dole, or The Useless Idol and Her Only Fan in the World by... Uh, Kishirimo, which is on chapter three, good old classic Jojo Lands chapter five, and competition with uh, Do Retry in another WSJ fighting manga, Martial Master Asumi by Kawada, which had its premiere in Weekly Shonen Jump last week. Uh, let's do some news really quick, and then we'll talk about the trailer. First piece of news, also one piece related slightly, is uh, Oda, after his, he had LASIK, LASAK, some kind of eye surgery to fix astigmatism, is in good spirits after his surgery. So, no complications, nothing wrong there. The man made it out. Good shit. Live forever, Oda. Love that yeah. guy. I, I pray immortality is invented, not for me, but for Oda Sensei. Well, you know what? There's a devil fruit for that. That's true. Maybe. That's true. Uh, we got a leak of more Chainsaw Man anime. The leak that I saw said there will be a movie and a season two. I would guess because of where season one ended that the movie would cover the entirety of the Bomb Devil arc, which I think is a pretty good, I think it's, I think it's good to do that as a movie because I think that is a slightly shorter arc, but it's good. It's also kind of self-contained uh, while it does drive the plot forward. And then the season two, I honestly think that Chainsaw Man might end up being only two seasons in a movie. I think they can maybe finish out in 12 episodes, the rest of the story, although it might, I would say it might end up being three seasons anyway, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I think it could be three, but you know, that's a good point. I think the Bomb Devil arc is probably going to be the movie and that is the arc that is the most conventionally written structure wise, you know, mm -hmm. like where it, it has like the over the top action climax and all of that. Um, the rest of the series yeah. is kind of written so erratically and unconventionally that I feel like it would be harder to make a movie out of any other part of the series. I think you could but, probably make yeah. a movie out of like the uh, the like. Santa everyone Claus. murdered murdered denji arc but that also sort of like doesn't really have a good like resolution and its climax is a little weird I and mean, its climax i guess is like the, the darkness devil a, stuff but yeah it's a good climax it's just like it's, it's just weirder weird, right it's weirder yeah. yeah yeah you're right the bomb devil arc is very kind of classically like yeah you girl meets boy they, they go off and do their thing bad guy shows up sharknado yeah. Yeah. Sharknado, yeah, it's it is. It, I think it's. I think it'll be a really good movie. I think that honestly is going to be a maybe not on the level of oh, what was it, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero or the Mugen Train. Like those movies, Slade, Chainsaw Man probably won't be that big, but I think it'll be pretty big if they do that. So, hey, well, we can watch it in theaters when it comes out. Yeah, uh, let's do this one. So, Go Go Loser Ranger, which is also called Ranger Reject, which is a better title, mm -hmm. released uh, anime staff, uh, director and animation. The 
animation studio, which are the two big things, I would say. Uh, the director's name is Keiji Sato. This is the guy who directed Gantz Zero uh, and Rage of, bah- Rage of Bahamut, Genesis, and Virgin Soul. And those are all th- those are the three kind of biggest things I noted. He's done a good 10 or so other things, um, but those are all pretty good. Those are a pretty good series. I mean, I watched uh, Rage of Bahamut Genesis, which was one of MAPPA's first things they did. I thought it was very good. Uh, Gantz Zero um, all, uh, is a really good movie. It's a little different from the manga, but it's still very cool. Visually, especially, that is a very cool movie. Um, and the, the anime production there is going to be done by Yostar Pictures, who has mostly done Azure Lane and Arknights anime. So how do, how do you feel about these uh, these people here? Well, I... I don't know anything about the animation studio because I haven't watched their projects, but uh, the directors, that's that's sick. Uh, Shingeki no Bahamut Genesis, uh, like that show should have been a, a whole nothing burger. You know, like mm-hmm. no, nobody should have been watching that and it shouldn't have been good. But it was very freaking good. Uh, yeah. That it's show like based one of, off a card game, right? Like or a mobile game or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's a gotcha game or a mobile card game or something. It's it's one of those. But yeah, that that show has like maybe the best episode one for something that everyone knew kind of like nothing about at the time that it came out. So I remember watching episode one and like watching the horse run over the roof and all that stuff. And it's like this is incredibly well animated and really cool visual storytelling. And yeah, Rage and the main character is really fun. Like he, all three of like them the are perfect, great. Yeah, yeah, the redheaded MC. I'm forgetting his name. He's like the perfect shithead. Uh, he reminds me of the main characters from uh, Samurai Champloo guy, right? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, it's like the the the. It's not Atlantis. It's it's the other one of those movies that was overly sexual for the time. It was an animated movie. Uh, not Atlantis. Uh, uh, it got, they were both. They had a loot. Oh, uh, El, Road to El Dorado. Road to El Dorado. Road to El Dorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, they, he, he, it reminds me a little bit of, is it Mugen from Samurai Champloo? Where he's kind of like uh, a shithead, Ed, like a little he, bit like that. It's a little bit different, but that's that's the he, character kind of movement. He, he's like Mugen, like. but less badass and yeah. fails upwards and is not really like super competent. True. Just true. accidentally competent. Um, but they kind of look alike as well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I think this, this, this guy turns shit into gold and when working with already good source material uh i'm looking yeah. forward to it yeah i mean i i think the director is pretty exciting i the animation i mean azure lane and arc knights those are both kind of uh those are big properties so i don't and the anime are decently popular among you know their aim demographics so i i don't have a whole lot of fears here i certainly hope it turns out well the preview they released they released that preview like a year ago or six months ago or something. It was pretty good. Uh, no, no news on when this is coming out, but my guess is it'll be. My guess is it'll be winter, probably. Uh, so January next year in six months or so, but we'll see. Uh, the so one of the things that we're going to be talking about that you're bringing this week is Dame Doll, which is a useless idol and the only fan in the world. Uh, that author said they were surprised to hear they have English speaking fans. Yeah, I saw a post on Reddit about it. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, it, it's their series started off as like purely a web series and recently got serialized. Uh, and they are on chapter three now. And uh, like a lot of mangaka, I I don't think they anticipated international popularity. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's cool. They they seem genuinely excited to know that they have 
fans abroad, especially when the subject matter of their manga is is very insular. Yeah, very um, Japanese idol culture stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, either way, uh, uh, cool to see. Uh, cool to see that it, it like it, even insular stuff like this has like worldwide recognition. Um, I I think it just goes to show that the medium of manga and anime in general uh is expanding very rapidly before our eyes yeah i mean it's i would say anime especially is like on the very edge of being truly mainstream right like comics weren't really mainstream until marvel got big and anime is sort of like right at that pre-marvel stage where it's like like i would say that sort of comic book and comic book movies truly entered into mainstream when, like, the first Avengers movie launched, right? Like, before then, even if everyone was like, oh, yeah, these are great, these are great, but, like, the first Avengers movie came out and everyone saw it and everyone knew about it. Um, there hasn't quite been that in that moment for anime where it's like, oh, this is actually something that everyone is going to see and everyone is liking. Um, I don't know if there ever will be. Anime might always kind of be there, just there a... I, I hope so. There will be. Because see, I don't know what anime, it's going to be, but we'll see. But I hope anime so. and manga are very mainstream for the younger generation, younger um, generation and nerd culture in general. Like if you're, you know, like we are, you know, general nerds into comics and video games and anime and all that stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, you watch anime. Like if you talk to somebody and talking about video games, you'd probably be like, oh, do you watch anime? And everyone's like, yeah. You know, if you're yeah. if you're a nerd culture person, anime is super I, normal. So I assure you that uh, like kids in high school right now. In middle school right mm. now uh watch more anime than they do live action stuff uh of yeah, course their parents know. don't and our parents don't so well, i don't know some like of their parents might be our age we are almost there so oh sure uh, I, I forgot that <laughs> damn aging sucks huh yeah. uh but yeah i don't know give it give it like 10 15 years and uh uh, the old fogies die, we get older, and uh, the younger generation becomes our age. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it's in the mainstream now. Now everyone's watching it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I do think you're right that this is going to take sort of another generational shift, like under 10 or 15 years, because a lot of the stuff we're seeing now, the comic book stuff, comes from people who are like just slightly older than us, but also kind of our age. And it's like, I grew up on, you know, the Spider-Man TV series and Justice League and Batman, the animated series and Static Shock. And it's like, and yeah, if I was working in an industry like movies or TV, I would want to work on those things. I would want to create those things. So I think what you're saying is right, that in another, you know, 10 or 15 years, I mean, maybe even what we're going to talk about next, right? The One Piece live action. Maybe that is, maybe this is, maybe that is the start of anime in the mainstream, right? Is, hey, here's a manga and anime uh property and here's a live action version of it from people who grew up on it and have been fans of it for years and are now in a position of power and control and money that are able to make this and if it's good or good enough that might be the thing right that might be it might be the the straw that breaks the camel's back yeah i i completely agree so let's talk about it uh on saturday i believe it was we got netflix tutum which was a a presentation of all their new shows that happened in Brazil. It was like a live, kind of like a convention. Uh, I'm trying to think of what to call it. Like a stage show, stage presentation show, I guess you could say, for a lot of their new stuff. And at that show, we got a trailer for the One Piece mm -hmm. live action show, which is coming in 40 days. So coming up pretty soon. Um huh. 
couple of, let's start with a couple of questions. What, what were your overall feelings watching the one piece live action trailer from Netflix? Negative. <laughs> I, uh, I personally was not a fan of what I saw. It could have very well just be a bad trailer. Um, and I'm very willing to believe that, but, uh, I, the good parts, I thought the cast fit perfectly. I thought the sets looked cool, but I didn't really like anything else I saw, to be honest. Um, I I didn't think the dialogue was anything that great, but of course, this is all trailer stuff. Uh, I'll watch the full show and reserve my judgment there. Yeah. Uh, the CGI didn't look that good. It was a little goofy, like, but in the bad way. Yeah. Uh, kind of like how I thought it would be. Um, of course, this is all speaking from a trailer's perspective, so I'm not going to keep subtitling that I'll wait for the full series. Of course, I'm not going to make my judgments till the full series comes out. But at the moment, I, I didn't really like anything else. Um, oh, wait, the Shanks scene looked cool. Yeah, uh, I thought the CGI in that looked, yeah, that part looks pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm oh, a little what bit. You think, Bruce? I'm a little bit more positive on it than you, but that only kind of mm-hmm. brings me up to neutral. I. I thought I agree with you that I didn't think that the trailer itself was very good, but I liked if you sort of like stopped or just like just showed me the like two second scene of it, I'd be like, yeah, that looks good. Um, I mean, I thought, I mean, you mentioned the actors. I think in the same way with the Cowboy Bebop adaptation, if this fails, I don't think it is any fault of these actors. These actors all seem they, I mean, they look perfect it might be like nearly perfect in in every way all of them um i'm especially a fan of, the, of of Usopp and luffy i think both are just like yeah that's what those characters would look like in live action for me um yeah but you it's weird because as a whole you're right as a whole the trailer felt very it felt very netflix to me which is not a good thing netflix has this particular style um and it's pervasive in not all of their shows, but most of them, especially things that get sort of like a multiple seasons, like, like Wednesday, I watched Wednesday and I know that everyone loved that show. That show was like the most Netflix show that was ever made, which just means that it's kind of got this like, it has this visual style that's like uninteresting and seems very kind of quickly shot, quickly put together, not cheap by any means, but just sort of like there's no real artistry in it or no real uh, like nuance in the the visual storytelling of it, uh, which again, I, I think is my biggest complaint about this trailer is that the shots, most of the shots that I saw in it were just kind of like, yeah, that's, it's just a face close up or, you know, a wide shot or whatever. But I, I did like, there's a quick scene where Zoro's fighting Mr. Seven or something. And I thought, Oh, that looks cool. So there's a couple, there's a couple little parts where I thought, Oh, that looks good. You mentioned the shank scene. I thought I thought that looked pretty cool. Um, so I yeah, it looked cool too. Uh, yeah, but I thought Buggy. Yeah, Buggy. I thought looked great because he's supposed to. People were like, "What?" I, there's a lot of complaints online about Buggy, but I thought when Buggy first shows up, I mean, he's like a scary bad guy, and it's kind of through the first arc that Luffy like embarrasses him, and that makes him more of like a goofy fuck up. Uh, so I'm I'm ready for I, that, that arc. I think those those people are just looking to hate. I, I, I'm yeah. willing to read valid criticisms, um, and I hope mine have been valid, but uh, it, it's insane to see how many people online just want this thing to fail right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, one of the other big things that I think didn't 
help the trailer for fans um, is the sort of Luffy voiceover of like, I'm going to say because it's very out of character for Luffy to like narrate his own life and, yeah. and push the plot forward. I think I think that is OK, because this trailer um, and this is, I think, the big thing to take away from this and, I, and is that this trailer is not for you and me. Right. This trailer is not for mm-hmm. people who have read over a thousand chapters or, you know, watched hundreds of episodes of anime or read it multiple times. We're already fans. We, if, and if you've already read it or seen it, you're art and you're a fan, you're going to watch this, right? Like, like you've already said, like you hate, you didn't like the trailer. You're still going to watch the show. So the trailer isn't really for us. The trailer is for other people. I hope that people who don't know one piece is, or don't have full exposure to it, um, liked it a little bit more. Maybe it, it, set the tone or showed them some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, I, again, I'm kind of came out of it neutral where it was like, I didn't really like the trailer as a whole, but there was lots of little individual things that I like. I think the costume design in this looks really good. Um, I saw a bunch of posts that showed that a lot of like Luffy and Usopp's, uh, like Usopp's, oh wait, can you see him or is my face over here? Yeah, I'll move myself um, to the center. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm a straw hat. Um, Usopp's shirt here is is one that is taken directly from a color spread uh, that Oda did. I love that shirt. And it's the same thing with same thing with Luffy's shirt here. Um, and like every, I think, costume that we saw in the trailer was like something that Oda had originally drawn in a color spread or a cover or a side story or something like that. And uh, that's really cool that they aren't just like, oh, we know what their style is or they'll wear the same thing, whatever. Um it's actually like, oh yeah, Oda designed, you know, this clothes. We're going to bring it into real life and the, the person's going to wear it. I think that's pretty neat. So, Also, I will say, uh, not to change the subject, but Zoro's hair looks great. Yeah. How do you, <laughs> I, a lot of people were complaining that uh, Emily Rudd, the actress who plays Nami, like her hair is naturally red and they recolored it for Nami's hair, which is also red, right? The sort of burnt red orange. Um, and somehow Zoro's green hair looks better than her hair in this trailer which is uh, strange yeah i i suppose i i see that too but it, it really doesn't matter like i can't tell like <laughs> this yeah. this this looks like a natural redhead to me unless you tell me it's not and then it that's i don't think that's her natural hair i'm pretty sure she's wearing a wig especially this bottom picture i'm pretty sure that's her wearing wig because i've seen her natural hair is not this color but it is still red hair um it, man, i suppose i just can't I, I just can't tell really unless unless it's being pointed out to me you know like yeah it it looked it looks fine to me. I, I guess I have no complaints on that one. Uh, I, I I think I think they look great, man. Um, yeah, I think so. Here's I, I, I do have a question in regards to just general buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because so when a company makes a, a product like this, it, and this is like a billion dollar, like or how many how much ever fucking money they spend on this? Like, I think they I believe they spent a hundred million dollars making this. Hundred hundred million, like ten million an episode or so. 10 million, million episodes. Yeah, a billion yeah. is crazy. I don't know why I said that. But anyway. Uh, yeah, movies don't cost uh, much. Yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so something that, that costs so much money. Um, you know, you already know that you have the One Piece fans in. They're going to watch your show. But they are also your, your biggest critics. Mm. So when you release a trailer for the general audience and a One Piece fan is unable to put together in their brain that this is not for them. They will be your biggest detractors PR wise uh, because it's not the original. 
And of course you have people who are going to be that way regardless. But I, I just, I just wonder like where the line is, where it's, it's worth it to kind of make a trailer for the fans versus make it for the general audience. Because by making it for the general audience, you get these you could alienate fans, out. right? Or you get people who are like posting gifts of SpongeBob gouging out his eyes or whatever, you know. <laughs> like you, you get those folks. Um, yeah. I, so I don't know. I don't know what the better PR move is to make something that the fans will like, or to make something that appeals to the the audience you haven't captured yet, and get detracting opinions from people who like the source material. Uh, yeah, it's a good it's, it's a good question. I th- I actually think the answer for One Piece is different from the a normal adaptation. In a normal adaptation, I think you always aim your trailer at the people who don't know what it is, who aren't aware of it, um and you want to get interested because people who are already fans will go, "Oh cool, they're adapting X. I've read or seen X and I'll I'll go watch it." Um I'm thinking of like I don't know if I have an example, but for One Piece because there are so many One Piece fans and it is such a huge property, I actually think that the strategy here would have been to aim this trailer directly at the fans and let word of mouth do the job for you. Now, I understand why they didn't do that because, again, in normal situations, you're, uh, in normal situations, you're just. You're not doing that, so historically, you're just kind of sticking with, historically, you make a trailer that's for everyone. That being said, I mean, we're still pointing out things that we liked in the trailer, and I would say generally the reception of this show is, most of the reception I saw is either complete haters who were pretty rare, or people who are like, eh, well, you know, that doesn't seem quite right, like the the quips weren't quite right. But, you know, but I love the way the actors look. I, I think everyone is is bought in on the way the actors and the sets and everything look. Um, and that's but, rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bebop, everyone bought into the actors also in that show was, I literally couldn't make it 20 minutes into that show. It was so bad. So, but this one, I, it doesn't, does not look as bad as, as Bebop did it was the, for, for the first 20 minutes. So, um, which is weird because when we talked about this in the past, not even on the podcast before the podcast even started, um, Cowboy Bebop would is, in my opinion, one of the easiest things to adapt into live action. Like it's already on the cusp of being a live action series. It is, it is realistic. It is drawn real, um, and they fuck that up just by bad writing and making it cheesy as hell and not at all tonally correct. And one piece we discussed is one of the most difficult things to adapt because mm-hmm. it's Looney Tunes for most of it, right? Like, yeah, all the way through. It's it's if someone said I want to make a live action, uh, like. You know, opera the what is the operatic Bugs Bunny? Have you seen that Looney Tunes thing, right? Where he does all the opera. Yeah. It's wild. He like changes costume a bunch. If someone said, I want to make a live action adaptation, that I would be like, no. The amount of special effects that it doesn't work in live action, it's it's good because it's a cartoon, because it's cartoony. That's how I know that we both felt about One Piece before this. Um, so all that to say that I think that this is a spectacular challenge. And I the fact that I feel neutral on it. I actually think is a is a win for them, right? The fact that I'm not looking at this and going like, oh no, this is awful. This is never going to work. Nothing here looks good. The fact that I'm like, well, the actors look good and, you know, the the CGI Sea Kings looks pretty decent and all of the um all of the sets and the designs and the costuming looks good. The fact that I'm that we're not just saying 
well, of course it was going to fail. We knew it was going to fail. You can't adapt to One Piece. Um, in my opinion, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I, I'd agree there. I, I wish I liked the trailer more, and I am looking forward to seeing the full series. Uh, and shit, man, like, even from the bottom right screenshot, you can tell, like, the tiny details that went into making this thing. They, yeah. Like, the, the coat of paint on the Mary, like, having being chipped right like yeah like the worn stuff like like what is it uh the barati is, is okay the ship that sanji is on when they meet him is it is it bar barati or baratier i've always said barati okay barati. i look at i look at that and look at it in a french angle and i always thought it would be baratier but you're you're, you're probably more right i don't know but everyone else says 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 barati so we'll yeah. see what they say in the show i guess but yeah, I'm kind of curious. I don't know. Um, I will say one more thing. I think <clears throat> Netflix is notorious for canceling things after two or three seasons. I think best <laughs> case scenario is I think if we get two seasons of this, and if I think season two covers through Alabasta, I think season two will sell more people on it than season one. Um, East Blue, it's not bad. It is not in my top five or ten none of the arcs at, at, in the start are really part of my favorite parts of one piece um they're necessary they are enjoyable they are good i think if they can get to the grand line and do if they can do chopper and robin and all of alabasta alabasta i think is where i i i know that when i read it with you alabasta was the first time when we talked that i was like okay this is legitimately really good one piece is not just kind of like oh it's fun and pretty good it's like okay Al alabast is where i was like fully bought in and said this is legit great um so, so i so, really so hope yeah so i yeah. really hope that we get at least two seasons of this right if we get i think three maybe but if we get a second season right and they give them a little bit more money because it was a success um more money lets them do uh, chopper is a challenge um, I hope that they would do puppet chopper. That would be my, my, my hope like baby Yoda kind of, I think it'll be CGI. Uh, chopper's probably, too yeah. yeah. Chopper's just too active to be a puppet. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Baby Yoda knows, doesn't move much, right? Like, um, that's true. Baby Yoda's immobile most of the time, but, but anyways, yeah, I, I think if, I think if we get a second season and it's canceled, that's fine. They are not going to adapt all of one piece. I don't think this is ever going to be that big. I don't think the timeline works for it. It'd be cool if they did. Um, but I, I think if we get a second season that's Alabasta and then it ends, or maybe we get Alabasta and then, uh, if we get Alabasta and then like Water 7 in his lobby is season three, like that would be sick. Like getting those, all of those three arcs, Alabasta, in his lobby, um, Water 7 in live action. And that way you, you see the whole crew except for Brooks, which again is kind of like a, that's a harder one to incorporate. Uh, I would be pretty I, I happy with do. all of that. So I, I think Chopper is going to be like very goofy, right? So I think what they have to do in season one is to get the audience to buy into the inherent goofiness. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to see Fishman in Arlong Park, and the audience has to be okay with that. Uh, they're, they're also going to have to make us care about the crew. One, that's their biggest challenge. Two is nail Arlong Park. Because yeah. I think you, you would agree that that is the strongest arc before... Of East Alabasta. Blue, yeah. Arlong Park was the first time where I was like, 
I mean, I'm, I'm remembering because you're the one who told me to read One Piece. You told me to read 100 chapters. 100 chapters gets you to like the middle of Arlong Park. I think I think Arlong Park ends at like 107 or 114 or something. Um, but I remember getting to like the, like Luffy putting his hat on Nami and being like, of course I will, of course I'll help you. Um, and that moment, that was, that like locked me into One Piece. Like Alabaster right. solidified it as like, this isn't just good, this is great. But that, but Arlong Park arc was like, Okay, I am now invested in the whole series and like that moment. Um, yeah, uh, asking you to read a hundred chapters is accidentally a trap. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Because in the middle of the like climax? the best arc to date, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, okay, so from that bottom right picture where they are all they all have their legs up on this barrel, um, that is probably the end of the season, or what mm. will be the end of the season, because that's in the anime and manga. That is when they are entering the Grand Line. Um, yeah. And fully formed as a crew. Well, quote unquote fully formed. But, you know, accept each other as crewmates and that they're on this journey to, together. But, uh, yeah, so I think uh, we know conclusively that this will finish out Arlong Park, Barati, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing that is where we will, that is probably going to be like the last scene. Of this, yeah. My guess is the, we either end with them like approaching the what's the mountain called? The uh, it's like reverse mountain, reverse mountain. Yeah, they either end with them approaching reverse mountain or going up it or down it, right? I think it right. would be a cool, I think it would be cool for it to end them going down reverse mountain and it ends with like Labon at the end and it like yeah. a huge scary whale and then it just cuts like to end. That would be cool. That would be a nice, a nice tease to get a season two. Um, I, I I actually think you're right. I think that might be where it ends. But either way, uh, that would be where I would end it. But who knows? Same. Um, well, they can't get into the Laboon stuff. Uh, that that would take a while. No, and but they could. No, but yeah. but I I do think teasing the uh, teasing like, it. Yeah, they got they made it. What's you know we've kind of teased the grand line for the whole season. What's you know what is it? It's supposed to be dangerous and crazy. And the first thing they see is like this enormous, uh, yeah, fucked up sperm whale with a giant like cross on his forehead. Like that would that, be the hook. Yeah, which would be out. So we'll see. Um, anything else about One Piece live action we want to chat about? Uh, nope. I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah, I one more call out. I one thing I really did like about the trailer is I thought the music was really good in the trailer. Um, it's it was really unique, catchy. It had sort of a theme that was like, okay, I can see this being the theme of the live action One Piece, and I I buy it, and it's good. Um, so if you if you don't remember the music, go back and watch it again and listen to it. So I'll have to do that. I don't remember. Cool. Like, cool. Um, let's chat about manga then. Uh, Gautam, why don't you go first? Tell me about Dame Dole. This is a useless idol and the only fan in the world by Magaka Kishirimo. Uh, sure. Yeah, you know, I actually have uh, less to say on this than you would think, um, since it's not really my uh, type of manga, but it is immensely popular on Reddit, and um, I have read... Uh, this is, like I mentioned earlier, this has just been serialized. Um, it, it used to be a webcomic before this. Uh, but the webcomic was immensely popular. And uh, the manga appears to be very popular so far. Based on what I'm seeing on Reddit, uh, there's no sales numbers out yet. There hasn't been a volume published. So we'll have to wait on that. But either way, this is uh, an idle manga. Not like Oshinoko, because it is not dramatic. It is just a comedy. Uh, about an idol who is just clumsy and is bad at everything, uh, and has one one fan. 
and yeah, it's 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 a cute series. It's just fun. I would say it's a rom com minus the rom at the moment. And uh, surely it's coming, but yeah, it, eventually it has to be. Uh, and yeah, her her one fan is immensely dedicated <laughs> to her, but also it's like kind of uh not mansplaining, but he's kind of just like, hey, you're you're sort of idle, man. Yeah, he uh, he sort of knows more about it than she does. In most yeah, ways. because he. He is like a huge otaku, so yeah. Uh, either way, it's, it's just mostly uh, every chapter is is pretty much the same. It is her fucking something up and uh, them getting into it o- o- over her latest performance. Uh, and the way I describe it makes it sound formulaic, and it is. But I, I think it's a good kind of formulaic, right? Like if you like the gag, then it's it's a really good gag. Uh, also, the character designs are, are pretty great. Uh, yeah, the art's, the art's really good for a for a rom com type thing. Yeah, I, I didn't include uh, the panel, but he has like hearts in his eyes pretty often, and you don't really see male characters with like hearts for eyes. Uh, I, I didn't include the panel for it, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And the ending gag is she gets his name, um, and he's like, "Wait, my name is not enough," and offers his bank bank card and <laughs> pin numbers. <laughs> As like tribute, uh, yeah. So overall, overall a fun manga. Uh, if if you like rom coms, I think you should pick this one up. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I I remember reading the uh, I guess they were like Twitter shorts originally, which is how a lot of manga have gotten their start in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is this is cute. It's funny. It's funny because the dynamic between the two is like the girl is sort of the like worst of her group and no one likes her and this is like the only guy who likes her but he also like critiques her all the time so their their dynamic is kind of the whole uh the whole crux of the thing that that is entertaining so yeah it's it's like uh he's he's into the clumsiness you know uh um, yeah that's it's like i love I, he's like oh my she's my favorite i love her but he also has a sign that says like eyes front pay attention that he's like yeah. at her. so it's like uh okay he he realizes that she is not a good idol, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a fun series. I, I I just think I am not the target audience for a lot of rom coms. Yeah. So I can't give proper judgment on it. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up because it's very popular, and I know I know by shouting it out, it'll get some people to read something they like. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. More people yeah. should. I mean, more people should read more manga. You should read more manga. Uh, cool. Uh, anything else about Damedol? Uh, nope. Awesome. Uh, swapping over to the world of hyper serious, wild, and crazy shit. Uh, I want to talk about JoJo Lands Chapter Five. Uh, this is monthly. This is by Araki JoJo. You should know what it is. If you don't, who are you? What are you doing here? Um. This is good. I So I have not I've seen three and a half seasons of the JoJo anime, so I've not consumed all of Diamond is Unbreakable or season five or six or seven or eight. This is technically part nine of JoJo called JoJo Lands. Um but this is like I like it. It's fun. It's good. I am enjoying it. The art especially, um, I don't think I had ever really given Araki enough credit for how good his art is. Uh, it's, and w- while also being sort of unique and detailed, 
it's super good. Uh, the plot up to now, we have met Jodio, who is our our Jojo for this arc. Uh, he and his team, which includes like his sister and two other stand users, were assigned to go steal a diamond that was in the possession of Rohan Kishibe. Rohan Kishibe is a character from Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable, who has a bunch of spinoffs. He's like one of the most popular uh, Jojo characters. Um, so they are breaking into his house. There is some weird cat that we'll see at the end of the chapter walking around. Um, and everyone involved has a stand or is a stand. Uh, it's just, it's comedy of errors, but it's hyper serious. It's super funny. Uh, it's just, I, Jojo is such a weird anomaly in, in all art in that it takes itself so seriously, but in doing so makes itself the, the funniest, goofiest thing imaginable. Um, the author knows exactly what he's doing. And he does. I love it. He's like, and he's no, and he's so good at what he does. Um, so because Jojo is just weird, right? They they try to take this diamond out of the vault. Um, the sort of the good guys, the protagonist. They aren't really the good guys. They're like thieves, and they sold drugs to kids. So that's <laughs> that's who this Jojo is in this one. Um, in in Hawaii is where this one's set. Uh, but they try to steal this diamond, and it's doing this weird stuff where it's like they can't hold on to it. It like they t- they think they take it, they have it in their hand, and then it's not in their hand. Um. And this is like the Jojo's sister being like, what, like, what is up with this diamond, the cash? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but then this is like, this is just like great Iraqi art, right? Like, this is just like no lines, visual storytelling, um, stuff going on. The the rain that is in the, on these left panels is from Jodio's stand. Um, and this is Rohan Kishibe with the, the headband type thing here. Um, well, what's his power? Uh, so Jodio's power, Jodio's power or Rohan Kishibe? Uh, Rohan, uh, I know okay. Jodio is like has this eldritch monster. Yeah, Jodio's power is called is Purple Rain, which is a print song. Um, oh, I love that. I remember that. Now. So yeah. he like makes this rain and it like does stuff. I don't know if it's been explained exactly what it does. Uh, Rohan Kishibe, I don't remember the name of his stand. His stand is he can he can touch you, and he turns your body into manga, which he can then read and learn about who you are and where you've been. So he like. Uh, grabs Jodio's sister at the start, or maybe like a chapter or two ago, and like flips through who she is. She's like, oh, I see your name is blah, blah, blah. And the other people are here and you're here to steal the diamond because his power just like, he can also like rewrite things into the like storybook that he turns the person into to like change who they are, or what they can and can't do. Um, oh, that's wild. I love that. I mean, yeah, stands are insane. Uh, it, it, the first time he shows up when he fights, I guess it's, oh God, whatever. who's the fourth Jojo? Joske, sure. Joske, um, he like rewrites one of Joske's friends is just like you can't attack me because I have written in that you they will you will not attack me and so he can't. Um, he starts out kind of as a bad guy and then or an antagonist I guess. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah. And then yeah, Jodio gets the drop on him, ties him up. Uh, there's just some really funny interactions because Jodio is like a fan of Rohan Kishibe's manga. He's like a manga author in the universe. Uh, he's like a super popular one, right? He's like really rich and all that stuff. That makes and sense. he's like, which is funny in this top right panel. It's like the day I get to meet him should be a great day. Like I really admire this guy. So I'm not going to just kill him. Like I'm not doing it. I like him. Um, so, so from what I'm seeing, he probably wrote that like the girl is not a thief or something like that. Right. Uh, it's actually probably something else, uh, which we'll see at the end of the chapter. But yeah, here is a diamond where she's like, no matter, I can't steal it no matter how hard. Um, and there's also this weird, so nothing has really been revealed yet of what's going on here, but there's, 
when they break into Ron Kishibe's house, there's like a whole room full of these like volcanic rocks. Uh, and Jodio flips through his like iPad, which has a bunch of pictures of volcanoes and volcanic rocks. And then when they open the safe with the diamond, like a chapter ago, there's a diamond and these two volcanic rocks in there. So Jodio takes them and is like, aha, I bet these are valuable, like breaks one of them, which makes this is like Ron Kishibe like, are you insane? You son of a bitch. And it's, it's like, whoa. And it's like, See, like I broke, I broke the volcanic rock, which is obviously really important. Um, and Joe and Jojo is like, "All right, I'm going to take one of these rocks because that's really important to you." Blah blah blah. And Rohan Kishibe, who's is obviously like a good guy generally in the series, is like, "Hey, come here, Jojo. I'm going to talk to only you while your friends leave." And he's like, "Take care of that lava. Like fortune will be yours. Like that mechanism will gradually come to you." a rule of nature is in that lava. So he's like telling him like, Hey, this is the MacGuffin. You've got the MacGuffin now. Be careful. Um, like don't give in, climb to the top. Uh, and it's interesting that there's highlighted words here, like mechanism, which is something that in the like tease, uh, like the tease paragraph for this Jojo, there's something about this Jojo, like climbing to the top using mechanisms. Like they use the word mechanism in that, in that tagline. So this is clearly sort of like, the story is rolling now that we have this kind of lava, um, that we have this lava thing. Um, and then here is Iraqi. It has been 40 years and he still can't really draw animals very well. Um, is this cat? Uh, this is why, (laughs) this is actually why potentially why they can't steal the diamond. Um, in the, in the chapter before this, there was like this string that had wrapped around two of the thieves, like their arm and their leg. This is okay. This is why Jojo is wild and fun. Um, there was a string that they wrapped around two of their legs, which was, they have decided it's a, it is a stand from this cat. Uh, the string would like wrap around and tighten and they like couldn't get it off. And the, how, just take a guess of how they got the string off. Something to do with cat butthole. N- no, but that's, okay. uh, that's a good guess. No, they, came to the conclusion that they couldn't move the string, but they could move themselves through the string to get out of it, which is very, that is like the ultimate Jojo, like, oh. That's that, of, that's cheating. Of course, you can't move the string as it tightens around you, but you can move your body through That doesn't the make any sense. No, it also, but it's also you, classic you Jojo. Said, also, you said I was close when I was not remotely close. <laughs> It's close because that is certainly something that Araki might do in, in he, Jojo. He, he very specifically drew the buttholes on these cats. He did. Which is confusing to me. He also, like, and it's funny because this is like, this is better than, oh, who's, oh, Iggy. Um, Iggy is a Boston Terrier in part three. Um, and Iggy is, Iggy's like nightmare fuel. That first cat, it kind of looks like a pug, doesn't it? Yeah, and you'll see why. Let me see if I can find an actual manga panel. Yeah, here we go. Um, this is this is what Iggy looks like in the manga, which is like is that that's, a person? That is not what a dog looks like. Uh, oh, that's a dog. I thought that was this like a is person. this is intended to be a Boston Terrier dog. Yes. Oh, <laughs> which like this is on the right is more what a Boston Terrier like I. I own a Boston Terrier, which is why it's even funnier for me. And I, I love Iggy. But uh, yeah, you can see that his his animal faces are very humanoid <laughs> and very strange. Um, yeah, it's, that's weird. It's funny to me because we hadn't really seen the cat's like face up close in the last two chapters, even though I've been wandering around. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's like 
it's just a normal cat. And it shows his face is just like, no, nope, Araki still can't quite get a normal cat down. That looks very <laughs> humanoid. Um, but also like, it's so funny that how, how little Jojo has changed from, you know, the eighties, the early nineties. It's like the chapter ends with like the doom, the just big doom sound effect at the top. Um, it's great. I don't know. It's, I, I, had read two chapters and then kind of fell off because it's monthly and it's always hard to remember that. But like reading three chapters in a row was wonderful. I, I I'm in on this Jojo. I'll keep reading it. Uh, it's fun. It, it seems fun. I mean, like you can always rely, rely on Jojo for, for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it always knows what it is and it's always, it always feels like eighties schlock to me. Yes, it is. I don't think it is not moved on from that. And then that's kind of in the best possible way. This is very yeah. like, very kind of 80s action movie like heist stuff like it it feels very similar to stuff like that so well awesome cool. yeah it, it, it seems like a seems like a fun read and i i know what you mean by like monthly manga kind of losing you along the way uh it, it's it's hard to keep up like the audience investment with monthly series uh so reading them in order or marathoning like a few chapters in a row always feels good i think it helps a lot i i think yeah for me, especially just starting at one chapter and then two and then three, it's like those first three months are really hard. Uh, yeah. but I, I think that like waiting until there's like five or six chapters, reading them all and being like, okay, all that information is in. I'm bought into the story. I will read the monthly now. Um, so I think I'm in on this. I need to go back and finish up Jojo or read it or something. Cause I know that I'm to the part that people say is good, which is the second half of part four. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about, Let's talk about another new Weekly Shonen Jump series, which it feels like it has barely been two weeks, I think, since uh, New yeah. Exorcist was the last thing we talked about. Maybe three. Um, but we're getting another new series. This is Martial Master Asumi. This is by a mangaka called Kawada. Uh, one name, like Cher. Um, premise of this is a normal high school kid who is not actually normal, who has kind of been trained in fighting by his grandpa, is going to get into the, some hijinks with a girl who runs an MMA gym. I think that's the best way mm -hmm. I could summarize it. Yeah, so what did you think of it? Uh, this is, it was pretty good. Not great, but it was pretty good. I liked a lot of stuff about this. I actually think this is the second best new manga WSJ has, has published. I think this is, I liked this better than Kill Blue, Do Retry, or Nui's Exorcist. I think, mm -hmm. I think Do Retry is dead in the water with this published in the same magazine because this is a better fighting thing than that. Um, I don't know if you've been seeing what Do Retry has done the last two or three weeks, but there's literally a dude where one arm is super jacked and the other is not, and that was the fight, and people cannot stop calling him the masturbator. And I yeah, the masturbator. Yeah, I, I absolutely know why. It's stupid. Uh, yeah, uh, Do Retry is dead. Martial Master asked me, I thought was pretty good. Um, how, how'd you feel about it? Chapter one. Um, I thought this one was the best of the lot and it's not close. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great chapter one. I, I think I, it, I thought, I think I liked it more than Tenmaku Cinema's chapter. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought I, Tenmaku was way better, but this is definitely easy. Number two. Uh, for me, this one was very beat for beat by the books. But I liked everything about it. I liked the main character. I thought he was great. I liked his internal monologues and uh, it, kind of just his general characterization. 
I, I think it is unique to have someone who is picked on, but also doesn't want to escalate a situation. Uh, but like it's it's a balancing act because either the character is a complete pushover, or and that's lame it, and that's not enjoyable. It, yeah, exactly. And and the character arc is that they grow out of being a pushover. But this guy's not a pushover. He just doesn't want to escalate a situation. Uh, yeah. And he, eventually he reaches his breaking point, which was which is the shown cool pretty part. well. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. But yeah, that's uh, I yeah. agree with you. I actually didn't really like the main character that much until he reached his breaking point. And then I thought, okay, that's interesting now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the main character, Nito Asumi, uh, he, I didn't put the panel in here, but they, he's like in high school with a bunch of his friends and like, all right, on three point to the girl you like. And he points to like the girl with glasses, um, which is funny why he runs into the, the female main character, uh, here and his like a cutie with the glasses from Nito's point. Of view. <laughs> um, and she wants to do like pro MMA, uh, his grant, the, the flashback, sort of story setup I thought was good his grandpa like runs a dojo and has been training him to fight and he the main character is very like why does fighting matter and why do I need to be strong my dad was strong and he died in a car wreck and so being strong doesn't matter it's not something I care about but the grandpa's still like I'm still gonna train you blah 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 yeah here it is like strong people still die so I don't need to be strong I don't need it um which I, I mean it's just I don't know it's just a good flashback it worked for me to characterize the main character um uh, his grandpa hey. has um, dementia. dementia, dementia. Yeah, and he so he's sort of forgetful, and Nito is like his caretaker. But when he gets into fighting mode, he like remembers stuff. The grandpa that is so. Um, I really like this part. There's like a bunch of guys on the train, and the girl and guy main character are here, and she goes to like absolutely fight the guys, wreck the guys. I think this is just a great dynamic, like flashy action panel here, and he just like steps in front of her foot, and he's just like. She knocked my socks. She just like gets hit. Um. I I like I I I really like that too. I uh I think the female protagonist is automatically interesting yes, so far. I agree. Uh, I and I like that the main guys the main uh, the MC's problem at the moment is that he is willing to make the situation better for everyone but himself at, at all costs uh, until he it's kind of a breaking point uh, towards the end of the chapter. But uh, I I think that is a good problem to expand upon because I don't think it's done very often Uh, or at least not committed to. Uh, So, so I thought that was interesting. I I like the MC and uh, there is a scene where he is fighting the bullies. Um, Yeah. I was, I was going to say, let's, let's talk about that part. Cause that, in my opinion, is the best part of this chapter one is there's all the setup. That's kind of generic. And the guy's like a little bit of a pushover and Oh, MMA. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And his friend is training and all that stuff. But in my opinion, the really interesting part comes at the end where he gets cornered. He gets kind of, you know, pushed to the part. Um, Let me see if he's got the, yeah. So like the, the, voiceover text to the kind of narration by the main character is like i don't like pain i've given up a lot um, a lot to maintain a c average life i had to i just had to it's like if i give up here my life will drop to a zero um and it has his grandpa which is like it's called martial art because it's an expression of skill don't just swing wildly but and then he just like goes sicko mode on these guys and like absolutely yeah, wrecks them yeah. in a single page this in my opinion this is the best part of this chapter because it's like it's really good it's pretty good action paneling it's really dynamic um and you don't see 
you don't see a lot of the sort of like berserker archetype that's outside of fantasy, right? Where it's like, they're a normal dude, but when they're pushed to their limit, now they're super strong. Um, or now they, you know, are in go mode. Um, and it's really cool. And yeah, he's like, once to start, once the fight starts, don't stop. This is what I've trained for. And so these three guys bully him and he's just like, okay. And just absolutely like takes them out instantly. Um, the end of, yeah, it's just very cool. Uh, this author is clearly experienced with drawing martial arts. Um, yeah. After this, this, this sumo manga, I'm forgetting its name. I probably shouldn't. Um, but it was, it, it had it, the word sumo in the name, but yeah. Sumo manga. Yeah. Uh, it, it's all grappling. So this guy is used to drawing grappling on page. So that helps a lot. Yeah. This is, I think a clear, uh, this is a, clear... this is my favorite page, by the way. Um, me too. Yeah, for sure. This is great. Um, I, I like the I like that he was fully willing to break that guy's arm to break his spirit. Yeah, and I love the change in facial expressions. Like the second he like goes sicko mode, it's like like wide eyes, aggressive. Like this this panel in the top left here, like that doesn't look like the same character, like the goofy guy we've seen. Um, right. And especially not in this one where he's like a smiling demon that he's like now you'll think twice before messing with us. Um, yeah, this is great. I think this is a, a really good example of um, an idea called write what you know, uh, which is a sort of an idea in writing of saying, if you are familiar with something, you know, use that to inform your writing. Um, I talked about this in my Chainsaw Man video briefly with uh, Fujimoto knows movies and he puts that into his writing. This author clearly knows martial arts, right? He wrote a series about sumo. He uh, There's a, the, all the scenes in the dojo with the girl are all about oh, here's how MMA works. You change your styles, blah, blah, blah. I'd like explain stuff. Like this guy clearly knows about MMA and fighting and grappling and all this stuff. Um, and it, it it shows in chapter one that not only do they know about it on a, I can list how it's done. They know about it on a way that, um, I mean, if you look at the action panel, right? This like, this is a, a like a, a grab and a submission. He like goes low. Like this flip right here, like that's, I, I had a friend in high school um, her family was from Hawaii. They were Japanese uh, descent from Hawaii, and she knew judo. She did this to me and gave me a scar. Uh, I was just like, everyone was like, aha, judo throw me, judo throw me. And she was small. She was like five feet or five one, and she could just wreck you. Like, she could just grab you yeah. and throw you, and you're like, what the hell? Um, and she literally has done this to me, this this middle panel here where he's like throwing the guy over his shoulder. And so that's, I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah, the the arm grapple here, that's like, I've seen that in MMA fights. I haven't watched a ton, but I've seen clips, and like, that happens a lot. Uh, so yeah, anyways, this really cool author who clearly knows his stuff with MMA, whereas if I look at, just as the comparison that's obviously going to be made, if I look at Do Retry uh, and a punching guy fighting masturbator arm, um, that does not feel informed by real boxing or a boxing fan writing a manga, in my opinion, right? So... I, I I don't know. I, I also feel like that's too goofy for the setting they established. Do, also, do yeah, also well. true. You know, like, but anyway, uh, that aside, uh, I, I truly like this. I, I, I think yeah. ch chapter two and three will be, of course, slower, but I'm looking to see where they, how they establish their characters and uh, move forward with this. Yeah, I'm super exciting. Very happy with it. Um I think the girly character is great. Double fang and glasses. It's just, yeah, it's, you don't see it She's a whole a lot. Maybe, yeah. Uh, like, talks about I, cauliflower ear, which is, like, yeah. a very specific, that's, like, a boxing thing I think I've heard about um, in 
one of the boxing movies I've seen, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, yeah, I like this series. This is definitely, I, th- I think we agree that this is definitely like the second best new thing that's come out of the past five things, uh, WSJ, WSJ has published. I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's, it's interesting. I feel like this is so much stronger than everything aside from Tenmaku that, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, it is that much stronger. And same with Tenmaku. Tenmaku is that much stronger than the other three or four or whatever. Uh, I, is it just because the other three or four are bad? It, yeah, it is. Like? Yes. I would honestly yeah. say that uh, New Age Exorcist and Do Retry are, like, way worse than the last year we had of new stuff. Like, I would rather go read, like, Tokyo Demon Bride or... Dorororan or even super smartphone like that wasn't great but i read like six or seven chapters of it and was like okay maybe do retry and uh new age especially is like chapter one no uh do retry was like chapter three no uh this is i yeah i agree with you this is good this makes me excited to see so we're getting another new series on Sunday that's called, it's like Frost Gill, Frost Hunter Gill or something like that. Um, huh. Excited to see if that's also a higher quality than the other two. Uh, I, I hope it is. You know, and I, I feel bad calling those shit, even though they are shit. Like, uh, because these, these mangaka are clearly passionate about their projects and they work really hard, but God, I, I hope they end early. So they're put out of their suffering faster. I, I just don't see them lasting in the magazine. Yeah. I mean, they get uh, pretty much everything gets about six months, right? You get 24, yeah. uh, you get 24 to 26 chapters. So we'll see. I mean, there'll be another new block in, I think it's like October, usually September, October. We'll see. It, it's, it's interesting to me, especially that like six new series and jump in the span of two or three months, uh, is a lot, but I think that they are expecting, uh, Mashal is ending, my hero is ending soon ish. Uh, that was, that was one of my bets for the year was that my hero ends this year. I don't know if that'll be right. I, the fact that we got on Sunday, a nine page chapter of my hero academia, we might not get there if he's only writing nine pages. Um, yeah. And he's off this week because overwork or something. Right. So, uh, yeah, let the dude rest. I, I feel bad for Koshi, man. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I also think, um, Fabricant 100 might be on the chopping block. Also, I have not kept up with that. Uh, I haven't kept up with that or Cypher in a while. So yeah, Cypher Academy, I think is actually here to stay. Uh, Oh, okay. As much as we didn't like it and it, the, as much as we didn't like it, I think it is being received pretty decently and definitely not top half, but also not like the lowest thing. Um, Yeah. Maybe, maybe it appeals uh, like, the puzzles maybe work in Japanese way better. I I'm absolutely sure that they do, but also I'm kind of curious to get back to it. Cause I've tried to dip into the Reddit threads a couple times and on Twitter to see what people are saying about it. Um, and people aren't really talking about the puzzles anymore. They're talking about characters and stuff. So maybe it, good. maybe it pivoted away from that and got good because I mean, Niso Isin, like I said before it premiered, super great character writer. One of the best, um, Bakumonogatari, the Monogatari series in general is one of, is maybe my favorite anime, maybe second to K-On. Um, but yeah, it's, is excellent. So I, it was strange to me that, uh, Cypher didn't work for me as well, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, anything else to say about this series just called MMA, Martial Master Asumi? Uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to more, but, uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to, um, Mashal, which 
I think has been the strongest thing in the magazine for the past two weeks. Uh, it is concluding, and it's concluding well. Yes, so. they actually announced... What they they announced that Mashal is entering its like hyper ending or hyper climax or something. Uh, I don't remember the exact wording they used, but yeah, Mashal's uh, Mashal's done. The climax and, is done. Yeah, yeah. My it's guess all is over. yeah. My guess is it's like a month out, maybe. Like there's like maybe two to five more chapters of Mashal, and then it'll be gone. So I believe it. Um, but yeah, I I don't think I've ever felt that Mashal was the strongest in the magazine ever, uh, until these last two weeks. So. Uh, check it out if you haven't. It's a really fun read. Yeah, and I think it's ending at a perfect time. It's going to end about what 150 chapters, so 160 yeah. maybe. Cool. Um, anything else in manga we wanted to chat about? Uh, I think we're nope. good. Cool. So let's talk about what else we're up to. What have you been doing this past week? Uh, yeah. So I finished Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, amazing game. Really fun. And I'm waiting for FF16, which comes out in a few hours. Uh, but I I didn't know what to do between that gap in time. Uh, because I didn't want to play anything too long or watch anything too long. Because I, I know I'd have to stop it to go play FF16. Uh, and my monkey brain can only do one thing at a time. So I picked up Mass Effect since I've already played that game. Uh, that whole trilogy and it has been pretty fun it is cool. interesting how kind of mediocre the writing is in retrospect uh, are you playing the first one again i'm playing the first one yeah okay yeah it, and i only say that it's because like they have like a very urgent thing to do and like they go around talking to people like about the urgent things like oh we have to prove this guy's a traitor it's like okay let me go talk to this guy it's like we have 30 minutes to prove this and when you're talking to random people, you're just like shooting the shit. It's like they're all urgency is gone. It's like, yeah, I hate I hate the the cops too. It's like quit having just random conversations, Shepard. Focus. Like Yeah. It, it it's kinda wild. I don't know. The the first Mass Effect is a funny game because what the first Mass Effect actually is, is it's just Knights of the Old Republic three, but they couldn't use Star Wars anymore, or they didn't want to, or they want to do their own thing. Um the first Mass Effect has more in common with Knights of the Old Republic than it does with like Mass Effect 2, in my opinion. Like Mass Effect 2 is like an, so a Western better. RPG shooter. The first one is very like kind of shootery, but not uh, the shooting isn't nearly as good. It's much more Knights of the Old Republic than anything else. Um, lots of stuff was just straight ripped from that. And yeah, it's also, I think, a testament. You mentioned the writing that when this game came out, it was like the best writing in gaming, like some of the best. Um, and now it's sort of like, yeah, not that great because it's what fifteen years old. This uh, thirteen years old, maybe now. This came out like two thousand nine, maybe. And, and yeah, you're completely right. Like we have some hard hitters now, right? Like you yeah. have The Last of Us, you have God of War twenty eighteen. Like it's you have some really good writer uh, uh, written games out here. Um, I will say the the Legendary Edition has fixed the gunplay in Mass Effect One. Oh, really interesting. To a degree, yeah. It's, it's yeah. A little jank, but it's way better than original release. Well, see, a lot of the a lot of the good writing now does owe itself to games like Mass Effect that were some of the first kind of these big, long story character interaction, just talking driven. I mean, you spend what sixty percent of the time in Mass Effect probably just talking to like yeah. talking to people just to get to the next shooter part. Um, it is very and that, much and that's a, totally a, cool. Like, I, I, yeah. I think it's it's. A lot of fun. It's like more hammy fun 
than it used to be, but it's still fun. It's and I think Mass Effect yeah. 2 still holds up, by the way. Like you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. I yeah. I you're right about the haminess because like I was mentioning, Mass Effect One is much more like Star Wars. Mass Effect Two and Three go much kind of darker, more sci-fi, but Mass Effect One is like almost literally just like Star Wars. It's like a little campy, a little silly, uh yeah. kind of serious and sci-fi, but a little more fantasy and stuff. But they're they're great games. I've played I've played all the first three at least, so uh I, I think I have replayed these games about three or four times now. Um, I really like them. Cool. But uh, anyway, yeah, what do you got going on? Oh boy. The now Kurosawa never ends. Uh, I'm about halfway through 20th Century Boys and it's phenomenal. It's amazing, of course. Uh, It's... So I've read Pluto and Monster. This feels like those, but like on an epic scale. Um... Pluto is kind of the most, the kind of the fewest characters. Monster has a couple more. This one is like, spans like a 50 year time period, like three or four generations of people are all important. People's sons and daughters and fathers and their childhood, their, their childhood friends is like a big thing. I, it's awesome so far. It's epic. Um, and I will say this is not it's like kind of slight spoilers for like the uh like momentum of the story I guess but the first part of the story which is about 50 chapters long I was thinking like wow they're really like just going to the end they're going to like resolve this and I know that it's this is 250 chapters long and I was like okay that's weird that they're they're kind of rushing to the end of what seemed like it would be the end of the whole series but something uh, Ursa was just able to do this he's just able to like write himself an ending to so many characters and then time jump 20 years and leave a couple things open and tie it all back together and keep tying it back together. This guy is like, I master storyteller is like not even enough credit. This is like, he's now Kurosawa is the dude. Like he's the storytelling dude. Like he can do no wrong. Like everything I, I'm my, go back and listen to when I finished uh monster two or three weeks ago. Go back into when I finished Pluto five months ago. This guy is the greatest storyteller of our generation. I won't hear otherwise. 20th century boys is awesome. I, I can't wait to finish it. I'll probably finish it. Um, in a week or two, maybe I, I blew through like 40 or 50 chapters in the, like yesterday. So damn nice. Yeah. It sounds like another uh, fucking winner series here. I, uh, so he can write no wrong. He can do no wrong. He's so good. Did Future Diary steal this eyeball guy's design for that one character it had? I don't remember uh, from Mariah Nikki, but that is... I actually don't know who that is. And that's that's the crazy thing, is that he can literally... He like literally introduces a mystery like in the first five or ten chapters of like who is Friend. There's this guy called Friend who is like the bad guy who is like grabbing political power and setting up terrorist attacks and these people are trying to stop him and it's like 110 chapters in and it's like we still don't know who friend is and somehow the mystery is still like front and center so it it isn't like we're just forgetting about the mystery it's like still being explored still being expanded on yeah and this is like this is like the greatest mystery thriller of all time, like potentially, right? Like monster probably has that for me now, but monsters, 
Monster's a little bit less of a mystery. Um, there's a little bit of a mystery of like, where did Johan come from and why is he like this and all that stuff? But this is much more like, who is friend? Why is he doing these things? Why does one of the girls have psychic powers? Like there's like a little bit of a sci-fi fantasy element in there, but like it's just a sprinkling to make it interesting. I don't know. It's so immaculate. Now Kurosawa is like, I can just gush all, I could gush for hours again. It's just so good. I'm like talking about it right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to turn this off and just go read some like right after this until 16 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how you get like some fucking audience investment, right? Like the, that, that's a good feeling to have. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, like the, again, the one, and it's, man, it's not even a complaint. It's just kind of a little like asterisk disclaimer is like, he spends his time really setting the stage and getting things started. So it's like, yeah, the first 15 or 20 chapters are kind of slow. Uh, but he also introduces cool, like mystery, wild stuff, like uh, twists and turns, but they aren't uh, the kinds of, they're not the kinds of twists that are like, they don't come out of left field. It's uh, what is the, uh, surprising yet inevitable twists, right? Uh, Brandon Sanderson, one of my favorite authors, says that all twist endings should be surprising yet inevitable. Um, and that's kind of what all of his storytelling feels like when it does kind of a reveal or something else. It's like, oh, well, that's surprising that this happened, but it also felt inevitable with the way the story was being told. Um, I don't know. This guy's he's, he's nah, my, I get it. This guy is my god now. Like I, I, I worship the the ground. I worship the paper that now Kurosawa draws on. He can do no wrong. I no missteps in 20th Century Boys so far. It's going to be awesome. That's sick. You you have to check back in and let us know how how it ended. Well, yeah. don't tell us how it ended, but your opinion on how it ended. <laughs> oh my gosh, the end of 20th Century Boys. Friend is this character? Um, <laughs> it goes into the 21st century. Yeah, uh, yeah. That sounds that sounds great. And I, I don't mind slow burns. Like I, it's like setting up a bunch of dominoes, right? It takes a while, but knocking them down is, is satisfying. Well, uh, and I, something that I think 20th Century Boys does, like even better than Monster, right? Like Monster's 160 chapters or so. And Monster really is kind of a slow burn. There's like two or three kind of climactic moments that give you that that release of like something's happening, it's, it's going. Um, this series is even better about... There have been like, I'm trying to think, I'm like 113, 120 chapters in, something like that. There have been like three or four, maybe even five, like really big climactic, like, oh, like we're going to go do a terrorist act or we have to stop this terrorist act or we're like escaping from this supermax prison. There's like all these really good climaxes along the way that the flow of the story is so immaculate that yes, the whole story is a slow burn, but it is not a slow burn along the way because you, he's giving you these other stories that are having climaxes and having falling actions. And the, the pacing of it is just, it's so good. Like again, like those first 15 or 20 chapters, that's kind of the real slow burn introduction part. And then once it starts mm -hmm. re, uh, resolving stuff and having climaxes and having action set pieces and stuff like that, it's just really cool. And you're, I'm always looking forward to the next one. The next one is always being set up. The characters are all super interesting. Uh, this this one, like I was saying, is like multi-generational. So there's like the main timeline. It's not a time travel thing, but the main time setting of the initial 50 chapters is in like 1997, 1998, 1999, like leading into 2000. Um, and there's a lot of flashbacks to like the 19, 1969, 1970, like 30 years prior when most of the main characters were kids. Um, and then there's like a flash forward after that in like 2014, 
Um, this was written in like 2002 or so. Um, and it's like in the 97 time frame, there was like a police guy who got murdered in his chapter. He was talking about his daughter's son who he never got to visit and who he wanted to go visit. Uh, and he like dies taking him a gift. And then like in the flash forward part, like that's now a main character. That's the, his like grandson. And all these things are connected together like that, where it's like, you never just getting, whenever new characters is introduced after the first like 50 or so chapters, it's like, it's not actually a new character. Like it's got a connection somewhere. It's been, you know, weaved together in this perfect story. I just can't, I can barely wrap my head around you like write this good without like writing the entire thing, rewriting it, planning it from the start. It's, I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> I can't, it's so good. Yeah. Number one fan over here. Uh, but no, I, I, I that sounds good. I, I'll have to check out uh, 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 fucking Astro Boy prequel. Yeah, Pluto. Yeah. Pluto. For sure. Uh, and then I'll check out the uh, the Astro Boy game just so I'm up to date on the source material. And then I'll go through all of those and then I'll I'll check out Monster. It's all good. Um, one more thing to keep an eye out for. Uh, we are going to be doing a a read-along, read-through book club discussion of Nausicaa and the Valley of Wind by How Hayao Miyazaki. Um, that should be up before the next episode, hopefully sometime next week. We're starting with Volume 1, so if you want to read along with us, come join us. Those should be pretty pretty short-ish, you know, 30-minute, 45-minute discussions, uh, just talking about what happened. We're going to go through all seven volumes. Um, yeah, come hang out, come discuss it, leave some comments. I'd lo- love to hear from you while we while we read that. Uh, and yeah, anything else at the end here, Gautam? Uh, nah, should be great. Cool. Hey, thank you everyone for listening or watching. Uh, don't forget to check out the YouTube channels, White, Gray, Black on YouTube or WGB Weekly Manga Podcast. You can type either of those into the YouTube search bar and they will be the first thing that shows up. Uh, don't forget we're on most major podcast platforms if you like to listen to us instead of watch us. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on everything, we're on RSS. Uh, the best thing you can do to support us, if you want to support us, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a little thumbs up, ring the little bell. Uh, we, don't, we don't want or need your money, we're just looking for some support, more listeners. So come join us in the book club. If you are incredibly rich and you do want to throw some money our way, you can check out uh, patreon.com slash WGB manga. We are happy to take your money. There's some bonus episodes up there. If you like, like listening to us talk about other things, we've talked about video games. We've talked about how we got into anime and manga. Um, but yeah, uh, as always, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a bunch. See ya. Please come back next week and don't forget to read more manga. 